A man become preeminent, he's expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Poor Hitter Podcast. Rob DiPietro, the Dead Poor Hitter, coming at you with another Friday to Sunday lineup tool aid. Got on Christopher Torres and Lucas Beery with me, two excellent individuals and great fantasy minds to talk about things that we should be looking out for this Friday to Sunday when you are setting your lineup, either for um, platforms that you could set your lineup in for the weekend or daily leagues, just some matchup dependent platoon insight on um, guys that we want to keep our eyes on to maybe bench this weekend or maybe get into your lineup depending on if they're facing three right-handers or two left-handers, stuff like that. So we dive into about 10 series and um, talk about the platoons there and then we get into a little starting pitching look for next week for two-star pitchers and main events and online championships and that will be released in a separate pod um, that I will drop on Saturday but we recorded it all at once so um, we'll be getting the first portion of it right now which is the lineup tool for use um, this weekend for your lineup so hope everyone enjoys it and it helps you um, and if it does let me know and if it's anything that I um, you guys think I can add um, to it or take away just you know let me know I'd like to see what you have to say um, so enjoy Alrighty, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Pull Hitter Podcast. I'm Rob D, the Dead Pull Hitter, here with another lineup tool for the weekend. And that is my phone going off very loud. Um, but I got two of the world's awesome human beings here with me tonight, uh, Lucas Beery and Christopher Torres, back for their second appearances on the Pull Hitter Podcast. Good to have you guys back. What's up, fellas? Thanks for having us on, man. Really appreciate it. Been enjoying these episodes. Uh, kind of very unique to get the lineup look before NFBC, and I'm sure many people are benefiting from it. So happy to hopefully be able to chip in a little bit. Cool, man. Yep. Thanks for coming. Stuff, Torres. Yeah, appreciate it, Rob. Yeah, man. I'm just happy to be back. Uh, this was the first podcast that I was on, so yes, to be back to where it started. Um, not that I've achieved anything huge, but uh, you know, it's. Uh, I feel like, you know, I had like 50 followers when I came on the first time. So, uh, you know, it, it's pretty cool to be back. Loving the this, you know, lineup tool that you put out there. Uh, so let's get let's get right into it. Yeah, man, absolutely. I, I love how both of you guys, um, you know, carve, carve your way very nicely into this uh, content game. Um, so it's uh, it's always good to have not only guys who play in the league and you know, do content, but just, you know, like I said, are just good human beings. You guys are always been checking up on me through the hard times. So I appreciate that. And yeah, um, I, I think that I get a lot out of prepping for this podcast. You know, I, I, I do my lineups for the weekend and I kind of just take notes and just go, you know, go through it and uh, helps me. And um, yeah, definitely 
hope it helps everybody else. So um, if anyone has never listened before, we just basically get into some platoon situations, um, teams facing um, a multiple amount of handedness, either three righties or a couple of lefties, and just, you know, kind of just go through um, what those teams are doing um, with the lineups previously and try to give a little insight into uh, what, what you can maybe expect from the amount of games that some players have played. And, uh, you know, also like to just, you know, highlight some, I know a lot of people play draft champions. And so we'll kind of like try to just spot some guys that, you know, probably won't be in fab leagues, but if you're playing deeper draft and hold, you know, um, just some little, those, those little hints that maybe you can get them in even for two games. And because I don't know, like, you guys, but when I get like a, you know, like a round 37 bat in there and it gives me like a homer, it's a really cool feeling, right? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, my, my 50th round Taylor Ward shares. Oh, it feels so Ooh, good. 50th I mean, round like, Ward. 50th oh. round, bro. Oh, man. you can tell what kind of year you're having, man. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty serious. Well, that, that's one of the few, that's one of the few hits that I've had <laughs> so far, but uh, no, that, that makes up for everything else. Wow, that's 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 really solid. Last year I had so much of him, and this year just one. And I feel so so bad that I abandoned him because last year I I, I was so keyed in on him, and this year, you know, nothing changed skill wise. I guess I just wasn't keen on the opportunity, you know. And and well, but it's stupid. I should have just you know that whole skills overall that I like learned first, and you know, playing fantasy, and I just abandoned it. But your defense though, like we're dealing with Joe Madden, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> so all of a sudden he was, he was jerking that guy around all last year. I was keyed in on him too. I had him in my main event. I'm like, this guy's good, man. Like he shows some really good skills, but Madden was like batting him ninth and then not playing him random days. So like all of a sudden Joe Madden decides that he's going to stick him in the leadoff spot and play him every day over Joe Adele. It's like, how could you predict that? You know? So uh, I don't know. It's just, it, it's so hard with that guy. I, I would love to know like what his process is in determining lineups and playing time. Cause it's just, it's just so random. It, yeah, definitely is. He's definitely one of the more random coaches. That's for sure. Um, but either way, that's a good look. And, um, you know, that's, uh, he's, you know, obviously he might, he's not going to stay at this level, but he's just good. And he's hitting in front of some big heavy hitters. So, a good year is bound for sure. But um, but before we get into this pod, um, the lineup, I just wanted to ask you guys, I know we briefly talked about it off air, but, you know, describe your, your, your lineup setting for the weekend or even the Monday, you know, like, is it hectic? Is it smooth? Um, just constantly scrambling for, you know, Lucas, I know you mentioned like just trying to look for weather and trying to fill in. And I always find like one guy, like, I have a spot where I'm debating two guys and I spend so much time in that one. And then one guy is out on that Friday and then I move him in, I move him out. And then the other guy goes out and it's just like an endless thing. Like you just end up spending, you know, I don't know, 16 minutes on your fourth outfielder. And you're like, this is crazy. I don't know if you guys feel that way. I absolutely do too. I kind of just to sum up quickly, I said that I have about 10 leagues on NFBC uh, five fab, and then I have about 10 on fan tracks, which five are fab too. Some of them are deep dynasties. So those are so picked over. You can do the fab in like five minutes, honestly, because there's nothing in the mm. 20 teamers. 
Yep. Uh, but uh, yeah, just kind of like writing down the day-to-day guys has been key for me just to know exactly which players you're wary of. Like uh, Robbie Grossman had a day-to-day injury and of course, AJ Pollock had been there too before, but uh yeah, just trying to kind of maximize that bats like most everybody else and uh, keeping a track of daily lineups just in case there's a guy that's out. Obviously, you know, you can't really afford to have a two-gamer when you can have the potential for three games on NFBC weekends. Yep, yep. And it's always that 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 two, two, two of a better skill versus three of a lesser skill or something like yeah. that that really gets your brain wrapped for a little bit. And, you know, you're just trying to play that probability game of ABs and um, – it's tough. It's tough. Makes prospects even tougher when you have those options. You can obviously play your matchups a lot better than somebody who's kind of nursing an O'Neill Cruz onto their roster. Well, their depth is pretty limited since that was a hefty draft pick. Right. Right. Very true. Toy, what do you think yeah. about this? So I, I try not to um, wait till the last minute because I, I feel like I make more mistakes when that happens. So mm, uh, I'm point. usually – yeah, I'm looking at it like if I have to set my lineups on Friday, I kind of I go through it on Thursday and kind of get a general sense. You know, I'll, I'll set it tentatively um, and then, you know, check things again on Friday. Um, you know, so I'm always trying to be like a day ahead, you know, and that's try how I try to do a lot of things in my life. So it's just kind of like I, I find that if I'm rushing, that's when I'm going to make mistakes. But you know, another thing that I'm trying to remind myself too, because we got to remember a lot of these decisions are like coin flips, right? They're, they're really just 50, 50 propositions. And I would like beat myself up over, you know, a start sit decision that didn't work out and got to recognize like, sometimes it's just not going to, you know, like sometimes it's not going to work out and we got to be okay with that, yep. you know, um, and not drive ourselves crazy. Cause then we, we just may put too much thought into it next time when it, you know, it, it's, it's really unnecessary. Right. Yes. You're going to put in more thought when maybe the lesser thought is just the better option sometimes, you know, right. 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 Totally agree. Yeah. It, it can be, you could definitely, you know, beat yourself over the head over it. It's just a simple call. You keep a guy out and he hit the home of that first Friday and you know, just, that's it. Like, Oh my God, this is terrible. Made the wrong call, but this is the game we play. I'm sure there's others that haven't happened, but uh, I had a Harrison Bader with his three steal game on my bench since he was out on Friday. So that's just tough with those guys like Manny Margot or Harrison Bader. You're not going to be able to time those steals. It's just tough. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Margot has been, been pain. Oh my God. Yeah. I I love the skills, but yeah, pain. You said, yeah. Like Clubber Lang. (laughs) 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 What's your prediction for the fight? Pain. Oh, that's what Margot's been. Yeah, but you know what? He's been, I think we'll hit it up on on the Cup of Tampa Bay, but he's been getting into uh, the game a little more. All right, so let's start this off. We'll go first series. We'll cover um, Colorado Rockies at the Diamondbacks, Chad Cool, Kyle Freeland, Herman Marquez, and um, going up against three righties, Diamondbacks, Romero Kelly, Zach Davies, and um, Zach Gallen. So, um I picked up on the Rockies last two weeks, they are 29th in major league baseball with a 70 WRC plus 22 to 10 K to walk and a 185 average um, that's against righties in the last two weeks. So um, I don't know. I'm looking at, you know, I got Jonathan Daza in like one team, um, but he 
doesn't play versus righty, so it's not going to be a good weekend for him. What are you guys' thoughts on Garrett Hampson now that he's back? What is it? What do you guys think his usage look like going forward? I don't think he's going to carve out. I, I mean, I think it it doesn't really change much. Um, you know, I I feel like he's going to do just enough this year to make us draft him and like pick 250 again next year you know it's like yep and i'm gonna fall for it i absolutely will fall for it thinking this is the year um i just don't think i i I kid because i actually did avoid him this year um because at this point i don't think he has proven that he's an everyday player um his wrc plus uh you know which obviously we don't use for fantasy but i think factors into who stays on the field i mean for his career is like around 70 so um, I think it's just going to be more frustration uh, and just more inconsistent usage. Uh, so I'm, I'm not in on him. It's a tough yeah, guy to play. Yeah. I think the Rockies have kind of shown their hand with him. They pretty much see him as a utility bench bat. And even though he had, I, I liked him a lot in dynasty years ago as a prospect because he had such awesome walk rates I mean, you can check. He was really good plate discipline wise, but when he has two, three years in the majors where he doesn't have a regular role, they pretty much show how they see him. Yeah, I totally agree. He um, started off the year playing pretty much every other game. It was only three games until he got hurt and came back eligible for three games and started one. So, yeah, I don't know what we're going to get out of him going forward. Um, this is a good weekend probably for you, for anyone who has Sam Hilliard. Um, mm-hmm. who's always in their versus righties. Um, he's played 12 or 14 games versus righties. This year, um, 45 plate appearances, no homers, no steals, uh, but his K percentage is down um, 12% and his walk percentage is up 6%. Um, do you guys have any Sam Hilliard? Will you be playing him? And uh, would you tell, uh, would you advise anyone to play him this weekend? Yeah, I mean, if you, if you have him, I personally don't have him. Um, just, you know, that strikeout rate that he's displayed through his career. Uh, just didn't think he would be able to maintain a job. So I avoided him, but if you got him, uh, three righties, and I know they're on the road, but Arizona is, uh, you know, between that pitching staff and that park, uh, not a bad setup for him. So I, I think he's definitely playable this weekend. Lucas, you got any um, Mr. Hilliard? No, I kind of tried to avoid a lot of the Rockies hitters that were on the fringes just because, like I said with Hampson, I mean, it's kind of like Joe Madden. It's just, you know, be so inconsistent playing time wise. They just do so many weird things. So kind of Brendan Rogers, a little bit of Charlie Blackman and some uh, CJ Cron and Connor Joe and McMahon. That's all I have really just because those fringe guys, I think their playing time is going to be inconsistent, but for this weekend, Hilliard is solid with the three righties on tap. Yep. Yep. I definitely would agree with that. Um, let's see. Did I think Hilliard actually started today, right? Did he start today and did he do anything? That's that's the question because I think this is what happens too. I tend to look. I don't know if you guys do this, be like, look at the like. Oh, this guy hasn't done anything. Oh, but he had a good game, and then, uh, yeah, he he went yard. See, this is what happens. Okay, there you went go. Yard one for four with a three run jack. So, this is what happens. You know, I'm telling you, there's so many players like this who will like go on. We talk. We were just talking about you know, um, determining if players get hot, you know, and and how to do that. And I feel like there's so many times where God will be on a terrible streak. I'm about to set my lineup. He's clearly out of my out of my view, and then he has a you know a, just just a homer in three ribbies, and I'm like, well, gotta get him in for the weekend. But uh, I think yeah, I think you guys are right though. Overall, Cat Hampton is gonna be a 
tough year to really gauge when he's going to get in there. But um, moving on to the Diamondback side, they will be um, facing Chad Kuehl, who's, uh, yeah, playing pretty good this year. Kyle Freeland, Herman Marquez. Um, I was on the last two weeks overall um, for all pitching, 21st in Major League Baseball, 91 WRC+, 25 to 8K to walk, and a 206 average. Um, I have Paven Smith in a lot of spots. Um, kind of got worried when Luke Lau came back. Um, thought maybe, you know, Smith sat out a couple of games and I was getting a little worrisome, but he has played um, six of eight versus his uh, left-handed pitching with three of the last four. Um, and per, David Peralta sat versus the last five left-handed pitching. So you're only going to get two games out of Peralta. Um, Seth Beer sat last two versus left-handed pitching. Um, so I don't know. It's a tough team. You guys have any Paven Smith? Yes, I have him. I'm a big fan as far as just DC bench filler, dual yep. position eligible, and he's just decent real life player, hovering around like 100 WRC plus. So for a crap team, that's a guy that's pretty much going to be cemented playing time wise since he's young too. Right. What about you, Torres? Torres, okay. Um, all right, Torres is having some problems right now with his audio, but that's it. We'll let him get fixed. Um, yeah, I have, um, I have, I have a good amount of Smith. I have him on a main event team, and I'm hoping that he could just sustain, just at least getting into the game right now. And um, you know, but he he's hitting pretty well. Um, you know, I I like the dual eligibility. Um, yeah, right. You know that 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 really helps. Um, Let's see. He's got on the year. He's already got ten barrels um, with ninety uh, percent barrel percentage, up from five percent last year. Um, with without sacrificing pretty much anything, you know, his walk rate is up. The K rate is up a little bit, four percent. But I'll take that if he's going to square up that ball. He had twenty barrels all last year, ten already this year. So um, I'm kind of liking what I see from him. Might get a little, you know, he's got one stolen base. He's only projected for two more but um i don't know definitely like his skill set and uh i would definitely even though with one lefty facing um this weekend might sit out that game but i i'm pretty confident that um he'll either play well in the two games or get in for all three um but let's move on to the white Sox at boston red Sox. uh See the right. Uh, the Red Sox are throwing Nate Yavaldi, Nick Pavetta, Michael Walker, three righties. The White Sox in the last two weeks versus righties, twenty second in Major League Baseball was an eighty six WRC plus, eighteen to five K to walk rate. Great, great, um, low low walk rate actually. That's what I was saying. Great strikeout rate, but low walk rate. Two twenty average. Um, this is your uh, chance to get in your Ben Sheets love, but you know I drafted him for weekends like this, but. Uh, his last Friday to Sunday, the way he saw all right-handed pitching, he sat one, um, got one homer in 66 plate appearances um, with four barrels. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on with this White Sox. Like they just really jumble a lot of the bottom end of the lineup, um, sometimes in a pattern that we can detect and sometimes not. Um, Lucas, do you have any Gavin Sheets? I wish I did. Um, I, as we were talking earlier, I had a handful of uh, Otani's and some Fran Mel Reyes's, which obviously clogged up sheets in uh, draft champions. Yeah. But 
getting that first base and outfield within a few weeks, I would think, because he has a lot of appearances in both of those spots. He doesn't strike out that much, has a good bit of power. Uh, so I like him. I like him a bit. Yep, absolutely. Um, you know, he, he, he's getting – it's weird because, like, there's some, there's some games where I feel like sometimes we look at a platoon guy where you think he's going to get into the game – like, because he's doing, you know, he's facing all the righties and then he sits versus a righty and you don't know if that's just, there's something else going on. He's not hitting good versus that pitcher. I don't know. There's always so much to really compass. Tori, do we have you back? Nope, not yet. He's not getting yet. there. Are you there? No. Yeah. 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 All right. We're back. All right. We're on. We're talking about Gavin Sheets and the Chicago White Sox. Um, do you have any Gavin Sheets? Do you recommend playing him this weekend? Playing three right-handed pitchers. The last there was a weekend, two weekends ago, where he saw three right-handed pitchers on the weekend. He actually sat one, um, one homer in sixty-six plate appearances this year. Yeah, I've got Gavin Sheets on one team. Um, is he still util only? I don't think he's gained eligibility. Elsewhere, no, right? he has not. Nope. Correct. So yeah, probably. Um, I got to see where he's sitting in the lineup. Um, I, I got to check, double check here. Who is he facing this weekend? Valdi Pavetta one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty good threesome. All right. Let, let me ask you about Pavetta because I, I see here, I, you know, you, you're talking about Pavetta. What the heck do you see in this guy that <laughs> you, you've been so such a, a an advocate of him this year. <laughs> uh, Nick Pavetta, I mean, I think it was a lot of um, the draft cost too in DCs that was just, you know, strikeout that a great, I thought like a great range. Um, but I don't know. I saw some changes in him last year. I thought that carried into this year. He's definitely a little off. That That's without a doubt. But um, I don't know. He's, he's, he's talked a lot about tweaking the, the mechanics in game and that he found it in one inning and he, I don't know, that's the inning he peaked at like 96, 97. And then I don't know, just doesn't, he's been really off, but. Uh, I mean, I've been dreaming on him for years, but yeah, <laughs> I finally, I've reached my limit. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, so. Uh, a lot of it too. Yeah. It's like when I'm like, uh, I wanted to have a lot of, pitching options on my bench and like, you know, guys like him who play on a good team and we're going five innings consistently and put, just put them in spots for wins. Um, you know, so like him and Walker felt in that same line for me, I have a bunch of Walker too, because it's just, uh, I don't know, just lines up well where you just, all they have to do is get the five innings and not, like not have a disaster game and they'll be in line for some decent wins, but their bullpen is uh, killing all options for that this year. It's just a disaster. Right. Well, that's that's what I was going to say about Gavin Sheets is that, you know, I, I think when you look at that Red Sox bullpen, he's got some, you know, once those starters come out and not that those starters are world beaters, um, you know, but uh, that he's got probably some good matchups there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm probably uh, going to be putting him in this weekend. Okay. What about Laurie Garcia? He started four of his last five as right-handed pitch, and this is usually when he gets in the game, but batting 127 on the year obviously uh, was highly like attractive because he had the second base outfield eligibility. So for draft champions, he, you know, he was targeted and coveted by a lot of guys. You, you guys have any interest in him this weekend? Very minimal for me, just because there's very little home run power 
and it's not like he's leading off. So that's kind of the that's kind of the killer for me. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, that's just a no for me. I mean, there's just not much. <laughs> that's a no. Um, Andrew Vaughn was sitting the snot out of the ball. He's gonna he's going on the IL now with joining Jimenez. So who do you guys benefits the most out of this? You know, besides Pollock, you know, you think Pollock plays more now, or he's still gonna get his like his standard rest days and then be overcautious with him? I think he's gonna play a little bit more than he would in Los Angeles, but uh, obviously they'd be really smart to give him a rest every once in a while. Um, we kind of talked about the players I was going to mention, but um, just for a possible deeper target, I guess Jake Berger is a player that I think has enough power to, yep. if he were to start getting into a groove, it's not like he has, he's not like he's blocked with all these options on the team in front of him. Yep. I think Moncada is close too, right? So that's, but yeah. this weekend is probably his last weekend that you might be able to sneak him in for at least, you know, a good chance of a weekend play, but I think Moncada looked pretty good. I mean, he smashed the ball like pretty far and I think he stole a base too. Um, so it's just going to further, uh, and they need it because their offense is really not, you know, you know, like when you just look at the pitching grid, I don't know which one you guys use. They use the Rotowire one. And, you know, sometimes you just like see at Chicago White Sox, Chicago White Sox, and it's, and you're just quick to go, oh, no, like, no, no. But it's really not like that this year, you know? It's true. Yeah, especially, you know, with without Eloy there. Uh, Grandal is struggling. I don't know. I mean, are you are you concerned about Grandal? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think yet. He's still, uh, you know, I know obviously like guys like him and Bottle, like, you know, they're going to, they're getting older and the things maybe that they excel that, you know, it doesn't like age, you know, greatly. Um, you know, he, you know, always talks about stuff like that, but um, I give them the benefit of the doubt right now that they're good enough ball players to have great approaches that they'll figure it out. And I think I at the position too with Grandal, like, you know, w- what are you going to worry about? Like, you know, swapping him with Max Stasi or I don't know, like, you know, you're still going to go. I think, you know, like I still, I don't think you even like think about benching him, like maybe in a, like a, a, a 12 team, like one catcher league, you know, I don't know if you want to, you know, take it as far as, you know, playing daily game, but I wouldn't get rid of him, you know, at all. I think he's, I think he'll be back. He's such a veteran that just has such an advanced approach. I mean, obviously it's been rough so far, but I love the RBI opportunities he has and he's been able to figure out slumps before like last year. And uh, yeah, I'm not that worried. The only thing is the injury was the biggest concern with me. That's why I didn't load up because he's getting old. I know. And that's crazy, but he's played 12 straight and 17 of his last 18. So it's pretty impressive. You know, the guy that will, you know, like, um, yeah, but they, it's when you think of that old, uh, like the injury flag, you know, sticks around. Think of my last episode that I, w- I was talking with that guy, Jason DuPont, and he, he mentioned that about Eovaldi. Like people still had this thing yeah. in their head that he's injury prone, but it's been so long. But that's just how our brains work, right? You're like this yeah. one little event stands out and kind of uh, stagnates our thoughts. But um, let's flip it over to the Red Sox side. Um, they'll be facing Vinny V. It's Vinny V season again. Oh, uh, <laughs> Dallas Keuchel and Dylan's size cease. Um, so the Red Sox, the last two weeks, they are 28th in Major League Baseball with a 77 WRC plus, 19 to K, K to walk, 230 average. Um, Dahlbeck is not playing well. He's losing some time. 
Mr. Franchi Cordero's back, playing first versus right-handed pitching. You know how he does it. Um, if you're a Dahlback owner right now, how many games are you expecting Dahlback to play this weekend against two righties and a lefty? I mean, he's going to get the Keuchel star, right? Um, it, it seems like and, they're... And Cease is an offers, right? You know, I mean, right, come on. Right, exactly. Cease doesn't... No. <laughs> Um, Vinny V, I mean, anybody can dong off Vinny V. So. <laughs> you know, I mean, if he, if he plays Friday, he may give you enough stats to make it worth it. Um, True. but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it looks like they want, they, it's turning into a platoon with him and Franchi. Um, you know, but even the Keiko game, I mean, I think, I think if you have Dahlbeck, depending on what your other options are, uh, you might be worth it to roll him out there, you know? Right, right. What about if you have like a like a corner option? I'll give you on the spot here. Like a like a we'll stay on the same uh, series too. Like a doll back, or you're playing a Josh Harrison at the corner, who probably gonna play all three, and just give you Josh Harrison numbers. Who are you picking? Harrison numbers. Uh, probably Josh Harrison. You know, I mean. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. the safe call. That's the safe call. That's I think safe for ball, ABs. Right. Yeah. But but the Don versus Keiko, I mean, I thought you were hyping that up. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that I mean, I didn't have any doll back. There's another guy just like when a guy strikes out that much. I know he made some improvements at the end of last year, but you know, I didn't anticipate Franchi freaking Cordero coming <laughs> playing first base. I mean, that one was out of fucking left field. Um, but uh yeah, I mean, I figured Casas was going to be, you know, any slump, we're going to start hearing about Casas. So I, I didn't have any of him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't – it's not looking good if you invested heavily in him. What do you think, Lucas? What's your thoughts on Bobby Barrels, they call him? Yeah, he was one of the most full fades for me just because I'm a huge Tristan Casas fan. It's not like Bobby Dahlbeck was a part of this front office's plans to begin with. They kind of inherited him. And I know there was a lot of talk that he had lowered his K rate towards the end of the year, but he still had a 29% strikeout rate from August 1st till October 3rd. So just shaving off a handful of points is not really going to move the needle for me for a guy that has a horrible approach and has not proven anything yet. Right. Absolutely. And so you mentioned, you know, I know you play in some deep dynasty leagues, we're in one together. Um, do you feel like your knowledge of, that of the pool of the prospect pool gives you like obviously it gives you good insight as to like what may happen to like a guy like Dahlbeck because you're you know you're paying attention on to what may eventually occur but do, does it ever like backfire in you where maybe like you're hesitant on getting a guy like uh like if Dahlbeck um in a situation where Dahlbeck was hot you know and but he had good skills or like a different story but like has there any been a spot like that where may, maybe it bit you in the butt where you're a little hesitant because you're expecting a guy to come up? Huh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I'm sorry to put I, you on the spot like no, that. You're it, good. Just, it, came, I, it came up, you know. As I was... No, that's a good point. It's one of those tough things where obviously he's a first baseman. Tristan Costas is a first baseman. But if they're both hitting, they'll figure it out. They'll put J.D. Martinez in the outfield from time to time. They'll rotate the guys in and out position is just one of those things that I just don't really worry about because if you're able to hit we know Adrian we know uh, Adrian Gonzalez many years ago was blocking Cody Bellinger and when Bellinger started hitting that didn't happen anymore so you'll, you'll get point. a spot great point great point if you can hit you'll get in right 
Um, the only other thing of note is for the Red Sox, uh, JBJ always sits first lefty. So if you're uh, there's a draft and hold, guys, beware. If you have him on your team, you probably only get in for two games. So um, some you know some 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 people may have him out there as an outfielder five. So just be aware of that. Uh, even though he still stinks, but um, we'll move over to the Dodgers at the Cubs. Uh, both teams will be. Thrown. I just want to go back. Oh, good, good. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, go back. Go back. Yeah. Um, he stinks. You're right. Um, (laughs) so (laughs) that got me thinking, like, what can we do to prepare for that? Because it's inevitable. Like, they can't keep running him out there, right? And there's a very cut and dry answer, and it's Jaron Duran, right? Yep, hundred percent. So if if Jaron Duran is out there. Uh, in your league and I think even like a 12 teamer I think now is the time to to get him Uh, because you know I know that he didn't show well last year Um, you know but he he looked he's doing well so far this year and he's got that power speed combo and we know that's that's what we want right so I I think he's a guy to really uh, put on your radar right now I love the lower strikeout rate for Duran I had listened to a uh, Alex Spear of Boston Globe talk about Durant's kind of career arc and he had gone from a kind of a contact guy to a power hitter and he was mm. in between those two molds so if he can switch back to more contact which is kind of what he's looking like he's doing in AAA I love that call out totally absolutely great point because this is something like you mentioned like his profile changed dramatically into all oh wow this guy has this much power but you know you see he sacrificed a little yeah. something else but now like you said you get that perfect marry of of everything for you know he's he's 25 so um yeah and his k rate is down in the minors from what it was last year in triple a his walk rates up got seven stolen bases and he's hitting 370 so um definitely let's do it yeah let's do Jared it during we'll, season let's go Woo! how much is gonna go main event fab <laughs> How much, Torres? Oh man, make I, the I, call. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure people that are in my league listen to this. So three hundred. Keeping that under wraps. Three hundred. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, obviously, I'm spending 120 dollars on Miguel Sano. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I don't care. You know, I'm just a free spender. Whatever. <laughs> I don't need it. Five hundred. Let's go. Five hundred. Wrap it up. Yeah, I have. I have him on a couple of DCs because, uh, you know. Um, I specifically targeted him on teams where, you know, maybe I was a little light on speed earlier in the draft and, you know, just taking a shot that he comes up and um, he finds his way up and the skills just get a little better, but great call. Um, how, you know, how, how can you keep running that out at, at some point, at some point that's got to end, you know, for sure. Yep. All right. Dodgers Cubs um, both facing two lefties and a righty. So the Dodgers will be facing Drew Smiley Justin Steele, Marcus Stroman, um, Dodgers last two weeks um, versus left end and pitching seventh in WRC plus 125, 21 to seven K to walk and a 270 batting average. Um, Dodgers really don't use a ton of platoons. Um, biggest concern is maybe Gavin Lux sitting um, one game um, versus a lefty. He has started three of the last five versus left-handed pitching. So you guys have any Gavin Lux um, and you have uh, confidence in rolling him out this weekend. No Lux for me. Um, I think that obviously he'll probably play uh, two out of the three games, but if you have a guy that you think can play three, 
uh, it's going to be worth it just because I see them plugging in Hanser Alberto, who does decent enough against lefties. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, usually no luck, what happens. No luck for me. No luck yeah. for me. Yeah, I mean, it just, you know, I, I was worried about the playing time. Yep. I, I figured that he'd probably fall into some kind of platoon. Uh, so, um, I mean, if he's if you have him, though, well, they have, they're facing two lefties, right? So, uh, he's he's probably at most getting two games. The skills, I mean, the skills haven't looked too bad this year. Yeah. Um, so, the most, I mean, he can sit too. I mean, it's probably not likely, but you know, one's a lock, you know. But two is right. yeah, two, two two is likely, I think. Right. And just one other note, I was looking at the forecast for tomorrow. It looks like uh, it's going to be a wind game. I mean, what it's showing now is wind's going to be blowing in. Um, so I don't know how accurate that is, how accurate they can predict that now, but just something to consider. Uh, so I would check that lineup's lock tomorrow. And it's a 220 game tomorrow. Boom. Look at that. Yes, that's that's very good call, too, about the time to the game, because you just want to get your lineup done even even earlier, knowing that. Right. You know, I think that's one of the first things to kind of check about the about the weekly uh, the weekend starting or the Monday start is just knowing where that first one lies, you know. Because uh, you may think you could just start all your guys at that earlier game and you'd be good. But if you have better options on the bench that you later can't bring in and you didn't just do the full lineup assessment, um, if that makes any sense. But uh, yeah, Gavin Lux, I don't have any Gavin Lux. I don't know. I just really wasn't, you know, thrilled about not only not even the playing time, but the skills never really wowed me so far. Obviously, he's, you know, a pedigree guy that, you know, um, has a chance get better so you know he doesn't strike out a lot but last year he had a crazy bad but if I'm not mistaken that he wasn't really sure was gonna hang over to that, that last run he had at the end of the year but um yeah so we'll move on to the Cubs they are facing Tyler Anderson Clayton Kershaw Walker Bueller last two weeks at 25th and WRC plus those lefties with a 74 and 24 to K um 24 to 6 K to walk um Rafael Ortega what happened to him I mean he went from like pretty like early draft season darling, you know, like he was kind of like a guy in the two hundreds where everyone took for, you know, a little bit of speed, a little power. Um, you know, we knew what to expect with him sitting versus lefties. Now he's just pretty much sitting all the time and hadn't played the last four games, um, which is wild. Um, there's just so much stuff going on at the Cubbies. Um, Haywood had not started versus a lefty all season. Um, Hermosillo comes and starts in his place. Ian Happ has started three of his last five versus left-handed pitching, which is awesome, including the last two, because I'm a big Happ guy, and I just want to see him play more, even if he bats eighth versus lefties, which tends to happen. Um, and and Jonathan VR, I mean, I can't figure this out at all. Um, he also hasn't played in his last four games and started two of his last six versus lefties. So I know I gave you guys a whole bunch there, but maybe you could just touch on any of those players um, that I mentioned on the Cubs. Yeah, Luke. Weird team. The Cubs are my team, and they're just their most one of the weirdest teams. Um, I don't know. I, they don't really have a ton of good players. So, especially going up against the Dodgers with Tyler Anderson looking good, I'm only doing this if I'm desperate outside of Hap, Contreras, and Suzuki for the most part. So, yep. I guess that's kind of where I'm at. If I'm desperate and I need a body, sure. But otherwise, uh, this team just is kind of weird and not very good. I know. Like, if you would have told me that, like, 
Patrick Wisdom would start 13 straight games and and and, and VR wouldn't play the last four and play in way less. I, I, I wouldn't have guessed that, you know, I, I wouldn't have guessed that, that, that kind of trend, you know. What do you think, Torres? Well, the Cubs are really confused. I mean, what, what are they doing? You know, they go, they sign Strowman, then they sign Suzuki after what looks like, you know, a complete rebuild. Um, they're, they're just kind of in the middle. And I'm not, you know, you're running Jason Hayward out there still. It's just a very odd team. Even uh, Frank Kandel, another guy, one of these, you know, uh, older guys like Ortega, who kind of emerged last year, mm-hmm. his playing time is inconsistent. So, yeah, it, it's just I'm not really sure what to make of that. You know, like, why did you go out and sign Jan Gomes with six million dollar contract when you had Wilson Contreras? Just nothing about what they've done recently makes any sense to me. Yeah, totally, totally right. Uh, it's just, it's, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's, it, it's almost like, um, it, all right, we, we're giving up, but hold on. We, we still want to try a little bit, you know, and I don't know. Um, at that point, I mean, they, they did what they had to do to get the maximum, I guess, of, of guys who they weren't going to sign. Right. So they traded away those guys. They got some prospects. They get that. But then, you know, I, yeah, I didn't expect the other mini signings to say, oh, actually, maybe we're just going to, you know, keep trying. But I don't know, like Wade Miley comes back into the picture. They're just going to float around, I think, for a little bit, for as mediocre as they are. Um, one guy who I do like, though, who's kind of emerging, I think, is Nico Horner. Um, I think he's he, he is starting to flash a little bit of pop that we didn't know if he would get um, at all. But, um, you know, he's, he's definitely hitting the ball harder. And uh I like how they're not really messing with his playing time either. He's pretty concrete. I think he actually, you know, even kind of emerged as, you know, uh, just the fact when he plays short, I don't, I'm not too worried about Andrelton Simmons really coming back to get that job, you know, as I was maybe in the preseason, but it's the Cubs. So he's right. It uh, <laughs> still happened, oh, man. So, all right, let's move on to um, the Brewers heading to Atlanta. Um, Atlanta will be facing two pitches, uh, two lefties, Eric Lauer and Ashby, along with Corbin Burns. Um, in the last two weeks versus lefties, Atlanta's got a 102 WRC plus, 27.5 to 10 K to walk with a 215 average. Um, they don't really tend to do a lot of stuff different versus lefties, um, except for you won't find Guillermo Heredia in the lineup, which you probably don't have in your team, but just a lot of uh, full-time playing time here. Um, I know you guys, just even being baseball fans, excited to see uh, Ronald Acuna back, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's he, great to see. Really great to see. I was watching um, his series against the Mets, and he had a play where he – two plays. One was a rundown, but one was um, uh, like a play at first, which he tried to beat out. And, like, you know when the guys do, like, that that long last jump – with their leg and you know so like the leg is full extended and he landed you know on his surgical like his surgical knee with like you know straight leg cleat into the base and I'm like man like whoo like that's that's tough like just watching it I was like oh I hope he's gonna make it through you know um it's just crazy like it's just those plays where it's just like you know I'm I'm not saying not to run hard because I'm a big fan of playing hard, but in those cases, like I was just wondering in my head, is that worth it for you to do that? You, you know, I don't know. Like, you know, 
like I said, I'm not saying dog it, but it's just, it's so hard. Like even I was cringeworthy, you know, I'm, he's playing against my favorite team. I'm like, whoa, whoa, hold on, buddy. Like, don't do that. You know, <laughs> like stay around because that's just so dangerous to see. But um, he just thought he hit a couple of balls that were like fly balls to center that he didn't look, he hit hard and flew, you know? Um, so he just got like thunder in his bat, man. Yeah, Absolutely. so, yep, yep. Um, heading over to Milwaukee, um, the third in Major League last two weeks in WRC Plus of 118, 24-9, to K to BB. Um, they got Luis Urias back, leading off, smashing the ball. Um, it's good to see him back. I have him in a ton of, a ton of spots with that multi-eligibility. I believed in the, in the power uptick that I saw last year, even though his – Projection didn't re- like really read great. Did you guys have any interest in in him coming into the season? For me, I was able to scoop him up in a uh, twelve team um, online championship qualifier over the weekend for eleven bucks uncontested. So I was happy. Wow, that. nice. Yeah, I was thrilled. And but for uh, season long, like uh, DC season, if the power stays, obviously he's going to be great. I just had concerns that it would tick back a little bit just naturally. And without a ton of steals, I completely understood the pick, but it just wasn't really a target. Got it. Torres, you got him? I I have him on one team. Um, I mean, he was someone I wanted. It was just he fell on a range where there were other players going that I was interested Mm -hmm. in. So um, Mm -hmm. didn't end up with as much as I wanted. But I just want to note on the Brewers. I mean, when they get, now that they have Urias back, and once they get their full lineup in there, that is a scary lineup. I mean, scary. Urias, and we see what Adamas is doing. Rowdy is breaking out. Uh, Renfro, Yelich is having a bounce back season. McCutcheon looks good. I mean, that that lineup is stacked top to bottom. So we haven't really, I, I think, fully seen it. We've seen it the past few days, but get ready for the Brewers, man. I mean, that team, and, and not only their lineup, their, their pitching is unbelievable. Yeah. They're you know, obviously hater at the back end. I mean, uh, I put money on them to win the division before the year. Cause I'm like, this team is loaded everywhere. Absolutely. Um, yep. So I'm, I'm excited to see what they're going to do. Definitely world series contenders to say the least. So absolutely. Yes. Got the pitching. Like you said, the offense is going to come around. Yelich is a guy I got my eye on. Does uh, to see him just really starting to tag a ball. Uh, today he went yard, had a double, um, I think he had a his exit velocity was like 113 and 111, but yesterday he hit a ball at 111. On the first he hit a ball at 111. Uh, on the 29th he hit a ball at 111, and it's like those are his highest exit velocities of the season. So you can see he's squaring up. Um, still got a great eye at, and approach at the plate. So I'm excited to see that. And um, and the launch angle is up. You know, like it's uh, he's, he's definitely elevating a little more than he was doing last year. So I'm excited. I'm excited that's coming back because I'm a big Yellick fan. I like when he plays well and uh, will help my team for sure. But uh, yeah, so Mikey Brasso back to AAA. Um, today, Wong even sat and Urias played second. So looks like they'll still do their usual shuttling. Um, I wanted to touch on Keston Huori played five of his last 11 games, um, one of his last four at DH. Um, so I don't know. His playing time is kind of waning. I know he was still a popular pick with many drafters, um, but it looks like his time is just slipping away, you know? Um, and I also touch on 
Lorenzo Cain usually just playing like two games or three games on and one game off. Um, but then you matter if it's righties or lefties. It's just been his pattern of late. So if you guys want to touch on any Lo Cain or Castan Hayora, go free. Similar to uh, Dahlback, the approach was just so rough for Hira. I just didn't really have any interest. I hope for himself. I know he had a lot of personal things going on last year that he gets his bat right and has his role since he was a former, you know, 60 future value prospect and just has fizzled. So I hope he does well, but I don't have much evidence to believe necessarily he will, barring huge change. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing to add. I mean, I, I was, um, you know, the same thought with Hura still striking out 45% of the time. Um, you know, they're not going to keep. I would imagine if they sent Brasso down. Um, I would imagine if Hira keeps this up, that Brasso is going to get that spot over him. Yep. Uh, yep. So, yeah, I think, like yeah. you said, his his playing time is, is waning here. Totally makes sense to just give him that extra time and, um, you know, bring him just even send them back down for, you know, full-time PT if they have to do that. But I think they want to keep him up as, as long as they can before he really just looks completely lost. It just He's just like in between approaches, you know, like he yeah. tried to tone down the aggressiveness, but now it's just like, but well, then I don't know when to swing, you know, it's just, I don't know. I, I hope we figured it out though. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's move on to the Metsies. Um, traveling to play the Phillies uh, three game set. Mets throwing three righties, Scherzer, Bassett, Carlos Carrasco, Phillies, um, a 12th in the last two weeks for his right-handed pitching, 109 WRC plus, 24-9 K to walk, 239 average. Um, this is your weekend to get in Odubel Herrera. Um, he'll probably play all three games, usually starts versus righties. Um, so it's a good spot to play. You don't know what you're going to get out of him because it's three pretty solid pitchers, but um, another note, Alec Bohm is now playing every day, doing a little leading off actually as well too. And um, Didi Gregorius is playing most days over Johan Kamongrass short. Um, and Kyle Schwab usually best lead off um, versus the last two right-handed pitchers. So um, you guys have Odubel anywhere? No, a lot of their fringy guys just honestly weren't really good enough for me to have interest. Yep. But the studs, obviously, that. They- they kind of sneakily have one of the better offenses in the game. True. That top of the lineup is just so good. I love getting pieces of them, but their fringe guys are just so bad since their farm system's just been terrible at producing uh, reinforcements. So, yeah. Terrible at producing reinforcement. That sounds like a t-shirt. That's solid. <laughs> it's just been like rough. That. Yeah. I mean, yep. it's been bad. I, I go see the, um, the blue claws a lot. They're, um, the high A over here, the Phillies, um, is close to me. And, you know, that's why I saw Stott last year. That's why I, like, I have such a bias toward Stott. Yeah. Because I, you know, I, like I watched him play several games and I just, he just looked like so good. And so I have like Bryson Stott bias in that way that I saw him and you know, I'm not a scout. I go to minor league games every now and then, but, you know, you, you just, I mean, even my wife was like, barely watches baseball but she was like this guy just seems so much better than them all you know like he is <laughs> that's why he's like i think i think yeah. he'll figure it out sooner than later maybe next year but i think yeah, i he, think so he has enough ways to be good i, I like him a lot absolutely agreed sorry you got any odubel i, I got odubel in one place um got him in like pick 600 in one dc yeah. Uh, you know, power speed thing. You know, I yep. thought maybe he had a chance. Actually, this was before he signed. Uh, his projections looked okay. So I figured at pick 600, he was like a decent 
you know, he could grab a, a strong side platoon somewhere. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think there'll be some usable spots for him. This weekend, I don't think is one of them. Uh, Scherzer, Bassett, and Carrasco, not great matchups. Uh, so I probably will be rolling with other options. But what do you guys think about Alec Bohm? I, I saw some discussion on Twitter about, uh, you know, people thinking, uh, you know, is, is he really, like, is he anything special? Now I see that he's moving more to the top of the lineup. What are your thoughts on him rest of the season? Yeah, Luke, what do you think about Bohm? He's definitely had kind of a weird approach where he struck out a lot more than his power should indicate, but he also came up, you know, he was a, he was a top draft pick top three overall and had such a good hit tool. I think it obviously just takes guys a few times around the big league sometimes to figure it out. I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen, but I think there is a chance that he emerges himself as one of the better pickups. Um, I haven't really been a huge fan, but um, kind of if he's an early action guy that just tries to attack pitches and make more contact, he could be kind of like a table setter, I guess, at the top of their lineup. Yeah, yeah. talking about t-shirts, uh, you know, how about I hate this fucking place? <laughs> Dude, that, 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 that's I a mean, good t-shirt. <laughs> but you know what? Like, I I love the emotion because oh, he, because that's that's real. That's as genuine yeah. as you can get. You know, the dude knows he knows exactly what people are talking about. And this is just, you know, stuff that, you know, these athletes, you know, a lot of people have to deal with stress in their life. But the media is all over him. He's reading things on Twitter and people yeah. know like and he knows. And he even was like so defensive about, you know, them talking about him not being able to catch up fastball. He's like, I could perfectly hit fastballs fine. Like he was defensive about it. So you could tell he's got some pent up stuff in him because it's real. Like he 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 it's uh you know everyone's just talking shit about uh his abilities so you know it it it, it had to come out at some point but um, but it's cool to see that he turned it around you know yep, like right, he, right, he turned right. into a positive and now he's playing every day like and when i saw that i'm like oh this guy is like done you know like he's he's not gonna be able to last in this city but you know the the fans seem to kind of be embracing him now so yeah. uh yeah it's cool to see Definitely, definitely cool to see. I mean, I still think that he has to alter just a little bit of his, uh, I guess, his his elevation to really be, you know, like effective. But I mean, good for him to turn it around and at least get to stay in the lineup, stay at the top, you know, get to the top of the lineup on some games. But um, I still think that he'll have to like if you're expecting a little bit more power from him, he's going to have to change his approach a little bit, you know, to lift the ball a little more. But Definitely a good start. Could ton, ton of, ton of good guys around him. So he should still at least get the the better pitches to see for sure. You know, um, but yeah, good, uh, good question about Mister Bomb because uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I watch a lot of Met games and I, I watched him play a lot where he just made plays defensively where even if it wasn't an error, Joe Girardi would look at him like he wanted to rip his face off, you know? And it's just one of those things when you observe as a fan, like, and say, hmm, that just looks like the face of a guy who will never be able to get over the fact that this guy makes these type of plays. And Girardi just seems like the type of guy who would be so, you know, like convinced and be like, yeah, you know, you're going to have to earn it. But he did. He did. So he's back out there. And, um, yeah, let's see what happens for the rest of the year. But, uh Still rooting for Stott. Anyway, let's move over to <laughs> Oakland traveling to Minnesota. The A's will be facing three righties in Josh Winder, Chris Paddock, Joe Ryan. Um, 
last two weeks versus righty. They are last in WRC plus with a 48, 28 to 5 K to walk with a 176 average. There's a ton of stuff happening here with the A's, but Sheldon Noisy playing every day, either at second or third. Um, so what what are you guys thoughts on Sheldon Noisy? Just like a compiler right now, get him in and hope hope for some stats. That sums up where I'm at with him. I don't <laughs> don't feel optimistic about him, but if you just need every day at bats, I think that he can serve that purpose. But expecting much more than that, I think, uh, is a little is being too optimistic. Can we get noisy and rowdy on the same team? Like, can you go to the Brewers? Or I feel like it's a you know, like Burger and Beer, like Jake Burger and Seth Beer. <laughs> they need those guys need to be together. Hell um, yeah, good point. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's – I don't see a lot there. Um, but, hey, he's he's playing. So, yep. <laughs> anybody in the league deep enough, any, anybody, a warm body is, uh, you know, especially if he's playing at the top of the lineup sometimes, uh, it can be valuable. This is just one of those things, like, where we're like, we, we do this thing, we – play fantasy we're all like indulged in the same things while wow, the mess just tied at seven seven in the top yeah. of the ninth wow 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 Corey canable yeah you ain't able right. oh man oh Marte just went yard oh boy high fastball ceiling oh no off the wall Come on. i'm sorry this is the worst podcasting i'm calling a live game on there but nimmo scored wow eight seven mets what a comeback oh, this what is the crazy. year, man. This is they just they got it this year, man. They got that mojo. They yo, it's the buck mojo too. Yeah, man. yeah. their Absolutely. leadership is, is so different with Max too. It's just a oh. different feeling. What a presence and what a presence <laughs> in the dugout. The dude yeah. doesn't stay still, Scherzer. Keith Hernan is like, does has Max Scherzer ever sit down or stay still? He just buzzes around, talks to everybody, <laughs> you know, and he's so intense. Like. Yeah, I love it. I mean, you know, this is, I know everyone's like, oh, the Mets fans always start out like this, but it's just fun to see. Like, and I'm happy the Yankees are doing good too. Like, I told us on Todd in my last pod, I know he's a Yankee fan or you're a Yankee fan. If it's a Subway series, man, we're all going. Fuck yeah. All right. Oh, that's it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to that game. You know, one of those. Yeah, has to be. I missed out on it last time. And, you know, that's not, it's probably not going to happen much again. But what I was going to say about how the noisy is like, it's so funny because like I haven't heard many glowing reviews of him, you know, and this is, you know, guys hitting 329, got nine runs, 14 reviews and three steals. And everyone's like, eh, you know, but yeah, there's nothing really. I mean, he beefed up his own contact. I know it's early in the season, but it's up like, you know, 15 from, from two years ago and last year. And uh, I don't know, just striking out a lot less. So I guess that's helping him, but you know, there's, there's a ton of, things going on in the A's with you know um Kevin Smith is back playing a little third playing short one game so I wanted to ask you guys if you thought maybe is this the time where like Elvis Andrews starts losing playing time going forward do you think because they got Pinder Brown Piscotti Loriano is coming back you know so um you got Tony Kemp who could fly around Pinder is going to get pinched on some some you know days including this weekend probably him and Piscotti um We'll, we'll probably get squeezed out of a game because Brown is a lefty. He'll play versus all three. But when Loreano comes back and 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 all this starts shaping up, what are we looking at here? Just another big mess. A mess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think. Until the trading deadline, um, you know, we're, we're probably looking at just platoons and 
Uh, just none of these guys are really good. At, if, if they're not playing literally every day, they're just, there's nobody that's really good enough except, you know, Sean Murphy, but uh, mm-hmm. nothing really exciting here. Tony Kemp in deep league, you know, for some speed, some runs, but uh, yeah, it, it's just a mess. Do you think that Andrews is a, like a good, like he's probably one of the better bets to at least maybe get moved? you know, and create some space for, I don't know if they, if they want to play Smith at short, I know they have Nick Allen. I think he could play short, right? Lucas, if you want to back me up on that, but um, yep. or if you just like, yeah. So I don't know which way they're going to go, but um, it's uh, interesting. One interesting thing about the A's though, next week they play nine games and is anybody like, uh, you know, are you trying to scoop up, uh, you know, some A's players or maybe have you last week? you know, to gang up and get a whole bunch of games played. Like, uh, you know, even a Christian Pache might be available in a lot of leagues. You expecting like anyone to like play eight games maybe and get crazy amount of at-bats? I think Jed Lowry could could very well. I mean, since he's come back, came back on the 27th, he's played, um, what is it, six or seven games to this point? Uh Uh, I'm sorry, five of six. Uh, They put him at DH. He's hitting third. Uh, so yeah, I think I think he's just gonna he'll probably play eight of those games. Like it. That's a good scoop. I don't have him on the radar, but now he's now he is. That's why we do this, right? That's why we do Great this. Great lineup baby. spot too. He always hits like three, yeah. so it makes a ton of sense. I like that a lot. Yep. Yeah, Pisc- what about um Pinder and Piscotti? I I lo- I'm a big Chad Pinder guy. I just want him to just get consistent. I think he's the one out of everybody that I'm just rooting for going forward to get that <laughs> and I don't even have him on a lot of teams. I just really like Chad Pinder for some reason. With Pinder, I, I liked him quite a bit in draft champions just because they actually committed almost three million dollars to him. And he had some promise a few years ago, and you know, he's just 30, so I'm figuring they'll give him as much opportunity as possible. I'm kind of glad that they're not giving him multiple positions just to try to hopefully keep him healthier in left field. Right. Right. Makes sense. Um, let's see. Flipside twins facing Dalton Jeffries, Caprillion, and one lefty in Cole Irvin. Um, Luis Arias uh, is out right now. He has, uh, I think, COVID or he's on the COVID IL. Miguel Sano is gone. Um, meniscus surgery. We don't know how long he's going to be out. Jose Miranda, he steps in, started three straight, batting fifth, playing a little first, a little second. Uh, what do you guys think about Miranda going forward? Do you think that he starts to, you know, make a move to being a rest of the season guy? I could see that. Um, he had an awesome breakout year last year as a pop-up prospect and – Makes, makes a good contact, has a great approach, and obviously they have holes on the team, and he's going to be 24 here in a few months, so he's got enough experience under his belt against pro, in pro ball, so I definitely like that call out. All right, I got an either-or for you. Okay, let's go. Someone I love who, it. Someone who we'll it. probably talk about later, um, but Jose Miranda or Juan Yepes? Oh, I'm going to go Miranda. Okay. Same, same right. for a better opportunity for me, right. just because they have more holes in Minnesota. Yeah, I'm gonna go opportunity. Um, his ability to play a bunch of spots, I think it becomes like a mini Arias, you know, like another one you could just bounce around, play infield spots, and be a high contact guy. And I, I think 
don't know. I think his bat, I just think like the, um, it just seems to me that he has like a profile that can, can adjust to hitting um, in the major leagues a little better. And I think Yepes, I don't know. I don't know what they do with Carlson. If they like, if they want to, you know, start giving him time off and seeing if Yepes could be better, but you still got that mess that, you know, with Dickerson and, I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah, I'm going to go Miranda, I think. Going okay. This year. So if, if they're available for those who are playing, who are doing fab this weekend, what do you, what do you think they're going to go for? Um, interesting. I think your Pez will be a wow kind of ad. Um, I think he'll probably command some bids into the one fifties by a lot of people who, uh, you know, are attracted to the to the next big thing. Um, and Miranda, I think, will be on the lesser side because I think he has less of that. Like, um, Yepes had a big, big off season where he just caught a lot of people by storm. And I think that it was like when draft season was happening, was just starting. And I think that he carries a lot of luster in that we you know round that he'll 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 go for a little more. But um, I personally wouldn't bid a lot for either or um my bench is really thin with that and it's going to be a guy who i know is going to play every single day for sure so and the other guys is just maximum streaming so me i wouldn't go for it but i could see miranda maybe like 11 12 bucks that would be my personal bid for him so i'm just asking for a friend um let's <laughs> say, say that person had Joey Votto and uh, Miguel Sano, who obviously they're cutting now. Yeah, uh, and Brad Miller as their only first base options at this time. And then just asking for a friend. Uh, what would you do? Well, what should I tell them to do? Uh, do I would go, I go would, hard for you, Pez and Miranda. No, 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 I don't think so. I don't think so. I think I'd trust Joey Votto. I'd, I'd obviously dump Miguel, you know, and I would probably even. I mean, how how much is Brad Miller playing? Um, it, it, not a lot, right? Just he, he just probably, Ross yeah, he's barely rosterable. Yeah, at this point. yeah, playing, yeah. I would dump him too, fire. and I would just stream like stream stream the corner as, as good as you can until Votto finds it, and then, um, you know, maybe along the way you'll land the rest of the season guy. That's what I would say. I feel like with Yepes, I think that his stay in the MLB could be very short lived. They had Edmundo Sosa hit the COVID IL. And they don't have a spot for a bad defender like Yepes. I know he can do some damage with the bat, but this is a team that prides themselves on elite defense and he doesn't fit into that role. And they paid Corey Dickerson like $5 million, which I know is not a lot, but for a team like St. Louis that's kind of penny-pincher a little bit, they're going to try to get something out of him. Uh, but Miranda, on the other hand, I think honestly could stick because he there's just more holes on the team. So that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. All right. I like it. I like it. All right. Move over to the uh, Pirates traveling to the Reds. Um, they're playing four games um, on this slate. So if anyone advanced fab this series, um, definitely was definitely a good move. If you planned a little ahead for, you know, if you needed a Friday to Sunday upgrade, or you just need another, or if you had a chance to roster a bench bat and pick up a guy like, Brandon Drury, which might sound crazy, but, you know, if you were looking at this matchup, um, the Reds are facing 
four right-handed pitchers. Um, and let's see what they've done. 18th in WRC plus in the last two weeks versus righties, 23 to 8K to BB and a 228 average. The whole team is out though, guys. Fraley, India, Naquin, they're all hurt. Sundell Votto out with COVID, but there's Brandon Jury batting second, playing second and third. Eight barrels, four homers. I mean, guys, guys are stud. And uh, Tommy Pham back knocking the ball. Moose is back playing every day. It's good to see. Maybe, maybe he was just really hurt. It looks like he's hitting the ball a little harder. It looks a little better in his swings too, and from what I saw. But then you get your Colin Moran special. You know, he's gonna, he's your lefty bat. Chuck him in here versus all the righties and have all the fun in the world that you want to. But what do you guys think about the Reds mess of their team? I was beyond shocked when I saw how piss poor their record was yesterday at three and 21. <laughs> I like, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I know everyone's crapping on the Reds and Torres had a great uh, meme of the Reds, but like, that's just hard to do. Three and 21. I think, is it three and 23 now? Yeah, I think so. That was kind of last night. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's sad. I, I got to just use this opportunity to cry in both of your shoulders. I have so many reds. I, I've got, I was telling you off air, I got Votto on five of seven teams. Um, got a ton of Jonathan India, Stevenson, Bam. Um, you know, this has just been a train wreck. It's hard to believe they are 1962 Mets level bad. Um, it's, you know, and even seeing like the, uh, the highlights from their games, like some of the, like people are just dropping pop-ups and there's like something off with that team. I, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, if you look at that lineup, if they get everybody back, it's, it's not bad. I, I really, yeah. I refuse to believe it's a, it's a really, it's a bad lineup. I mean, India, Votto, Naquin, like, you know, they, they've got some talent there. Um, but uh, yeah, just, just not going well. And I, I just get concerned like with Jonathan India, for example, I mean, he went back on the DL, uh, the IL um, and this team is now obviously like, they know they got no shot at this point. Like, are they just going to keep this guy out for a while, especially since it is a re-injury, you know? Um, so I, I kind of, uh, the record kind of scares me in terms of like how it could affect decisions like that. Um, so a great call out there. That's a really strong point. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, even a guy like Votto, I, you know, I think Votto's he's, you know, he's probably playing for hall of fame and, you know, he seems like just a true professional, but at a certain point, it's got to really drag on you to show up to a team that, you know, is like that far out of it at this point. Uh, you know, on the extremes, I think that stuff kind of matters. I definitely think it does. Like you said, like, you know, watching poor play on the field, you know, going to work with no enthusiasm, you know, and and, and it, it takes a toll. Like you said, it takes a toll on you, like mentally, physically, everything, like and all that losing adds up. And, you know, your team is, you know, you're, you know, the upper aboves aren't, aren't trying to get better. You know, that's just, that's just a. It's just, you know, it's a lot of things happening. I'm sure a lot of those guys, like a guy like Brandon Drury, like, you know, you see the older professional types like him and Fam, you know, they're just, they're just going out there. And Fam's just, you know, really been murdering the ball lately, which is good to see. I have a lot of Tommy Fam too, and I am super concerned about India as well because I have India on a good amount of teams. And, um, you know, I, 
I loved him. He he was a last round pick for me last year in the main event, and he 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 helped me, you know, tremendously. So I have that uh like whatever that bias is, I have it for Jonathan Indy. <laughs> he seemed like such an obvious guy, like one of those mid-round guys that I felt so confident that he was going to be, you know, top three round player next year, you know, because right. he just has the profile. He, you know, he has power, he has speed, he hits in a great hitter's park, he's hitting leadoff. I mean, it just seemed like it was all set up for him. So super disappointing to see, uh, you know, what's what's gone on so far this year. Um, but hey, can we get Votto in Toronto? I mean, I know people have said this, but man, how awesome would that be if they just put him in there? let him DH, you know, they need a lefty bat. Like he needs, he, I can't see Joey Votto end his career with, with this shit show, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I do. Do they travel there at all? That's, that would be interesting to know. Cause then we would know if he could play in Toronto for specific oh, reasons. Yeah, that's true, yeah. But if they <laughs> travel there in the future, then we'll kind of get a grasp on if that might happen. But I know I think he's right on a career, um, career 300 average too so like i think so let me just double check that but i think he was yes, right he on is. it that's true he's right on it right so yep yeah 300 exactly so he, he he's he's uh, got but, some motivation but yeah know. yeah yeah it's such a it's he, such i feel a, like he's the kind of guy that would just find ways to have fun where he's like oh i'm gonna try to do x stats or i'm gonna only hit you know certain pitches or you know i'm gonna try to choke up this year he's always just doing something crazy and it's just like he has so much fun with the game. I don't ever see him mailing it in. Not that you guys are saying he was, but yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. Totally agree with that. And I just read that actually he he tried new bats for some reason. Yeah. And he, he said the barrel wasn't getting to the spot where he normally puts it. So he, he switched back. So we'll see if uh, that happened. But I know he's on his TikTok game though, you know? Yeah, get, get off the TikTok. I mean, yeah. come on. <laughs> smart enough. Smarten up. Smarten up. A wise man once said, smarten up. Smarten the fuck up. No, it's, I mean, yeah, come on. I mean, it's, it's good to see he's having fun. You could have fun in your life, but come on, Joey. Come on. We're doing it in the off season. We don't need to yeah. see this. Yeah. Not when I have you on every team. Okay? Yeah, Just, yeah. Not cool. 320 with 10 barrels. You could do whatever you want, Gato, but uh, come right, on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. On the flip side in that series, the Pirates um, will be facing um, three righties and one lefty in Nicodolo. Um, the righty is Overton, Duggar, and Molly. Um, wow. Yeah. Pirates are 26 WRC plus in the last two weeks versus righties, 82 WRC plus. 21 to six and a half K to walk 240 average. Um, I mean, this is a good, uh, this is your, uh, this is your Vogelbach and Gamble weekend games right here. This is, this is why you drafted these guys to get them in for a three game shot. Um, Michael Chavis is uh, usually a lock versus lefty. So maybe you'll get that one game in. Um, Maybe he'll get in versus maybe one righty. I don't know. He's starting to sneak in versus some righties. I, I give him a start if you have him. I think the power is there. I think um, it's a good park. I think I think it's a good play for that power. Um, Josh Van Meter uh, has played six straight, all at second base. I mean, who are these teams starting? Um, Susugo has been a little bit of a disappointment. His PT has been just all over the place. It's random. He's sitting versus from 
some righties, which he always started against, and he's playing versus some lefties. Just really, again, another team with that random flow like the Cubs. And Diego Castillo, I want to be more involved. Um, usually plays versus lefty, but his PT actually has been all over the place as well. So um, you guys want to hit on any of these players here? Um, you got any of them? Do you like any of them going forward? Who shouldn't be on a baseball team at all? I, I think they need to give every day at bats to Diego Castillo. He had a phenomenal year last year up in AAA Indy and was a great pickup off the Yankees. Um, uh, you kind of nailed it there with Ben Gamble being a decent stream. I know his name just doesn't seem like he's going to be much, but he's okay. And yep. outside of that, I mean, Vogelbach's probably about as deep as you can go if you're desperate. Maybe throw in a Michael Chavis, but that pretty much covers it for me. Yeah, I think, like you said, this is why you drafted Ben Gamble. I mean, he's uh, he's perfect setup, three righties in a great uh, great ballpark for left-handed hitters. Last 14 days, um, he is striking out 12% of the time. Obviously, that is good. A hard hit percentage, over 40%. So these are the things that I'm looking for when I'm kind of trying to ride a hot streak. So, yeah, I think he's at, at the leadoff position. He is looking good for this weekend and Vogelback. I mean, that dude is just the man. He's, He's the man. I love Vogelback. Every, I love If you guys see that video from last year where he's like stumbling around the bases. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that dude, like, I, I always liked him, but that, that won me over. Uh, dude, just, he, he's awesome. Uh, but yeah, he's another guy. Like, if you drafted him, well, you probably drafted him before you knew he was signing with Pittsburgh, but like, this is, this is the spot that you're going to use him right here. Yeah, I totally agree. And um, definitely, definitely a good reason why he was fabbed in a lot of main event leagues and even all my championship leagues. He was just, I think a lot of people saw the, you know, the, the matchup playing in Cincy, you know, um, terrible pitching, good park. And uh, yeah, if anyone uses the uh, Razzball player projections for the weekend he he's up there you know he's in the top 50 he's uh he's a stud according to this and uh yeah it's not something i use like you know per you know per exact numbers but you know it's such a useful tool i don't know if any guys use it but it just helped me make yeah it, it it helped me make my lineup decisions a lot more easier you know when it's a little close and 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 or even sometimes where i i just pull off the projections and some guys hit me as such a surprise and, and, you know, um, it follows through, you know, it really takes into account so much that uh, we can look at, you know, which pitchers, which parks, uh, tendencies, playing time, you know, and it, it, it does a good job of wrapping it all um, together for you. And it updates so often, you know, like baseball press gets updated and, and it just kind of like follows like maybe a half hour later, after like, you know, a guy is out on a Friday who maybe wasn't, um, you know, expected to be out on the Friday, just switches it real quick. It's really cool. Really cool. Yeah, it's, Can't say it's, that a fan, yep. it's a fantastic tool. I mean, for what, what you pay, I think it was like $25 this year, 30 bucks uh, for the whole year. Uh, it, it just, it saves a bunch of time. Uh, and like you said, you know, it's like, when you have those um, those either or decisions, like with the the Dahlback Harrison thing we were talking about before, I actually plugged that in, and surprisingly, Bobby Dahlback actually was the better play, yeah, so the higher value for the weekend. So there you go. But yep. that's that's case in point. Like you know, if you're you're stuck between two players, I think it's just a good 
um, you know, good tiebreaker there. But just quickly on the Pirates, I, I'm looking at uh, their uh, roster resource here. It looks like Jack Sawinski. Ooh, Jack. Big Jack. Uh, I have no idea who this is. Maybe <laughs> Lucas could help us uh, shed some light on this guy. Uh, he's playing almost every day. Uh, had a 353 average, 333 ISO in AA and 57 at-bats this year. Is this guy anything? What, what's going on here? Lucas, fill yeah, us in on Jack Sawinski. So, ironically, this is a player that Dylan White's been all over oh, and yeah. for a few years. Yes. And, um, yeah, I mean, he's got the opportunity now. He came over from the Padres, and he's been a little bit closer to, like, real prospect than org filler, but he kind of – is between those two and you know i guess if he has a hot weekend maybe throw five to ten bucks on him but i don't have a lot of expectations but if he plays i mean that's all you can kind of ask for torres are you familiar with dylan yeah i've i've seen some of his stuff on twitter um you know but i i'm, I'm not i don't follow you know i yeah. don't know too much about him yeah, he's, he's super, super smart. I think he came in second last year in TGFBI, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's uh, he's got this cool thing on Prospects Live that he developed before he went over there, but um, now it officially has a name that he called RoboScout, and it's just so cool. It's, a, it's just a tool that wraps in, like, um, what specific um, metrics that were displayed in the minors have historically, you know, showed in the majors you know and he does these awesome comps like what you expect from from players and uh if they make the majors and it's just really cool but it's for a, a dynasty league that i started playing in it, it it's helped me locate some uh some solid like under no like under under like like lesser known prospects i guess you know even helped me in just um a lot in dcs too because i was constantly looking at these guys and maybe if you see a path to them coming up but he was he was just on james anderson pod he did a great job there he's he's super smart i gotta get him on one day for sure so Sawinski, jack Sawinski. all right i mean let's see what happens with good old jack i mean this is when you start talking about jack Sawinski, that is going next level the guy's got a great you know 80 grade name that's for sure but um yeah, he just sat his first game today. Um, oh yeah, well, he's played he's played a ton of straight games. It's interesting um, because obviously, you know, wh- why would you want to play Anthony Alfred, who's another stud? Anyway, um, we just got signed by the Indians, right? Anthony yep, Alfred. Yeah, he was DFA'd. Uh, oh so yeah, he moved teams. Yeah, I mean, it just feels like another Oscar Mercado, right? It's like, hey, maybe if they play him, like they can merge them into one player, it might actually. Uh, be something but uh all right let's hit the um let's see what we got here cardinals real quick playing um heading to the giants facing two lefties uh sammy long won't be in the game for long but he's starting they have funny we'll be starting the game and they'll also face rodon so they'll place two lefties last two weeks versus lefties one um 116 wrc plus 11th in the league 18 to 10k to walk um how do you feel about Yepes getting in the lineup this weekend? How many games do you think he plays? Um, and I wanted to ask you guys about Dylan Carlson, who's been absolutely horrible. Is he a guy if you have? Do you keep playing? Do you bench him? How do you go about it? Uh, with Yepes, I 
I think he's certainly going to get a few more opportunities. Uh, they kind of want to test drive him and see how he does. Uh, it's one of those things where I will say if he does continue to hit, he could carve out a role, even though I'm not super optimistic. And with Carlson, I wasn't a big fan of him uh, in the for preseason just because he didn't have any calling card, really. I mean, he was a run-scored guy with minimal power and speed that hadn't been developed. So I'm not that optimistic. But if he was dropped, I would pick him up just because uh, for the future of their team, they really need him to produce. And I think they're going to give him ample opportunities. All right, what do you think? I was, yeah, same as Lucas, wasn't for the, and for the same reason, just wasn't on Carlson uh, because, uh, you know, they're, they're just, there's nothing that stands out in his skill set yeah. to me. I know the potential was there, uh, but I was okay missing out on that. So it's, it's not looking great right now. Um, yeah, as far as Yepes, I mean, I know dude was crushing it, but you guys pretty much covered when I asked earlier about him versus Miranda. Um, you know, I mean, it'll, it'll be, you know, the thing is too, we got to consider Albert Pujols is still there. Yep. You know, like they're going to give him, they're not going to just let him ride on the bench, right? Uh, whether that's the right move or not, you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, that's what the Cardinals are, are going to do. So uh, yeah, it looks like his playing time is probably going to be spotty too. So uh, right. I'd be, I'd probably be cautious. Yeah. Cause I would think that, Pujols is going to start versus both those lefties. And when maybe when Long gets switched out, <clears throat> maybe they switch out Pujols. But, you know, so there's one game that your Pez could definitely get in versus at the DH. But then the other two, he might have to, you know, play the field and someone else might have to kick the bench. So it's um, be tough. But you know, I, I think people will start him because, you know, of, of the hype. And they'll just put yeah. him in there because they want that first homer on when they have him in the starting team. I mean, there's a great chance that he's just up just to reward him for a good year last year and send him back down. I mean, there's just far from a guarantee mm. that Yip has sticks. So the it's old, just a the, crowded team. The old pat on the back. Yep. I like it. I like so the How good are you feeling, Rob, about Tommy Edmund? Because I see your tweets. I Woo, see you. I love Tommy Rob. does something. You're, you're feeling good. My favorite uh, player. Tell me, what got you on to Tommy Edmund? Um, I've always been a Tommy Edmund guy. I feel like I feel like the pop was more than uh, was there more than everyone thought. And um, I just feel like I love his stroke. I love, I love watching him play, uh, plays hard, got a nice level swing, but I think the swing is actually helping him this year um, versus like the guys who put it really high in the air. Like he's got that line drive, like high barrel, you know, high EV stroke, but, with the way apparently the balls might be, you know, with having higher scenes and his, his, his travel path to get out of the stadium might benefit him more wildly than others. So that's obviously something I didn't forecast, but um, I just loved his ability to pull the ball, pull the ball in the air and pull the ball hard. Um, I am the pull hitter. I do a whole bunch of dives on the pull hitters and uh, no, it it was just one, you know, um, I did a lot of like, little diving into uh, pulled balls and pulled fly balls. And it just, um, every time I like, incorporated it a little more into, you know, my player evaluation, I, I tended to like it. So, and, um, he's, you know, he's super good on it. And if you head over to EV analytics um, and uh, Derek Hardy has a bunch of stat cast stats uh, that are bucketed 
for different launch angles, um, for like the amount of balls that go 100 miles an hour in the air, uh, the like a percentage of the balls a player hit that goes, um, just a whole bunch of different um, buckets of skills. And uh, he just popped off on a lot of them for me. And I just felt like with his speed that a 2020 season was like within reach. And at pick 100, he was just like a no-brainer all the time or pick 90 um, and – you know, I wasn't worried either when he dropped down a ninth because just as quick as the 20 at-bats took him to get out of the spot, it took him 20 at-bats to get back into the spot. So I feel good about it. And, yeah, um, I mean, it's looking great. And I agree. Like, I was kind of – I wasn't uh, aggressively targeting him. I did end up with him on one team, but I felt like he was – for the price, it was fair. I remember, like, back in January, I put out a tweet – um, and I know this is just like very uh, imprecise, but uh, I put out um, a screenshot of Whit Merrifield's stat cast data versus Tommy Edmonds. And okay. really wasn't much of a difference. Actually, I think Tommy Edmonds had a higher max exit velo. You know, so it's like one of those things like people make fun of it. Like, oh, why draft this guy when you could draft this guy? Oh, yeah, yeah, cool. I love those. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it kind of to me that made sense. I mean, same position. Uh, the only difference was the potential that Edmund might not lead off, uh, which, you know, obviously it looks like he's, um, you know, he, he's back in the role now. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely, I, I wish I had more. I mean, he's looking like a stud early on. Yeah. What I love too, is that he's walking a lot more um, this year. I think he's got 12 walks already to the 38 he had last year and his first year, um, in 2019, um, his, his walk percentage was um, pretty solid. Um, and I just feel like if, if he could get back to that level, um, you know, I don't know. He, he, he just feels like uh, when I ran like the like per plate appearance numbers for those years, like that people thought was kind of like a fluke because that first year that he had, we hit 11 homers and, you know, 326 at bats, like, I guess a lot of people thought that was not around anymore, that they were just kind of looking at the last two years or, you know, 691 plate appearances last year with the 11 and just didn't see any power growth. But if he can get on, like if his on base goes, you know, from the 300 to even like 330, that would be huge just in terms of getting more opportunities to run and to score, you know? So I'm super excited about that in season that he's just seeing a lot more pitches and I don't know, he just seems real comfortable at the plate. So I'm pretty happy about it. And it's not the victory lap. I just really like, like the player, you know, I just, uh, yeah, I've always had a Tommy Edmund thing. So uh, I would love for him to have that, you know, that multiple eligibility again, because imagine if he had that, like the, the four, I think he had four, right? Do you have four spots the one year or just? Yeah, he had four. I mean, that would have pushed him into the top 50 probably, you know? I mean, two is good enough, but, you know, four, four, four would have been serious. Um, all right, so let's see where we are here. Um, let's hit um, Tampa Bay at Seattle real quick. Um, Tampa Bay throwing two lefties, uh, Josh Fleming, Ryan Yarbrough, along with Mr. Stud himself, Drew Rasmussen. Um, so Seattle versus lefties the last two weeks, 14th with a 107 WRC plus. They have a pretty solid 
um, set lineup. Um, we don't do much platooning, but we do have the case that it is Jesse Winker and Jared Kalanick. Um, Winker has started his last uh, three or five versus lefties, two of his last three. Kalanick has only started two versus left-handed pitching, combined with the troubles at the plate. Um, how do you guys look at them setting your lineups for the weekend? Are you throwing them in your lineups? I'm not thrilled to throw Kalanick in my lineup with, with the one league where I have him. I have him in the dynasty league that we're part of OVP, so it helps him out a little bit, but um, I, I'm probably not going to start him. Uh, I wasn't a fan of him in redraft just because it was just such an expensive price for a guy with nothing proven, even though he was an elite prospect. Uh, and then with, with Julio, I don't think you can bench him just because the stolen base volume has been so high. Uh, if he does rip off two, you'll be kicking yourself if you put in like a Ben Gamel in for him or something. Oh, yeah, no, definitely not benching Julio. Yeah. I, sorry, I meant uh, Winker. I don't know if I said Julio, but Winker. Because oh. he, uh, you know, he he might get out of the game versus the lefties, even though he's played you know, the last three. Um, but I don't know. He's uh, he's had been hitting the ball very well. Um, and he's I mean, his numbers versus lefties, man. Yeah. Like, sometimes – I think that managers get carried away with the platooning, you know, and I'm like, why don't you just give the guy a chance, you know, but with yeah. him, I feel like we've seen enough. That it's kind of like, all right, he can't really hit lefties. Yeah. Uh, so it's probably better that, you know, he just, uh, you know, for his average, um, you know, that he just platoons. So as far as running him out there this week, I mean, it is Josh Fleming. And listen, I got Josh Fleming PTSD from last week. I, I thought and I Yarbrough. Was, yeah. Um, I did start Yarbrough in one spot. Oh, my God, this week. It's okay. Um, I know a lot of people who did. You're not the only one, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, happened. And with Fleming, I mean, I, again, I just got a vent. It's just like, I thought I was so smart, man. Like, oh, look at yeah. everything. Like his his uh, peripherals looked amazing. Even I've been looking a lot at uh, Cameron Grove. I think you uh, you're familiar with him, right, Rob? Um, yeah, the pitching bot. The pitching bot. Yeah, I mean he's putting out some fantastic work. And Josh Fleming, go look at Josh Fleming's yeah. stuff, location, what, whatever model he uses. I'm not putting Cameron down at all. Again, he does fantastic work. But like Josh Fleming looks like the best pitcher in baseball. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm watching him last week. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> you right. can't even get a, a swinging strike. So um, I don't know. I mean, it's not like Winker's facing great lefties, but uh, it, it's just, it's all about the context. I don't, it depends what your options are, but I would consider, uh, you know, putting him on the bench if, if you got something better. Right. I mean, it, it, with the way they're hitting, I mean, I know a lot of average is being dragged down, but it's definitely not um, – it wouldn't be, like, a surprise if you were – you know, if you thought about sitting these guys, that's for sure. They have such a tough bullpen, too, that it's going to be hard for him to do damage even after they get out of the game. So I think he can kind of be benched as long as you have a reasonable player. Great point. I mean, so that's a good point. I, I, I'm glad Great you point. brought that up because the, the bullpens is something that I think a lot of people overlook. Like, you just get yeah. keyed in on the starting pitcher – um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, some of the, we got to target some of these, these, uh, really bad bullpens like Cincinnati and KC and Arizona, like, um, Boston, like all those teams, I mean, you're getting almost half the game against those pitchers, you know, from right. the yep. 
So right. something to consider when you're you're making line of decisions as well. Pull up, you know, look at I, I pull up Sierra for like team bullpens. I don't know, yep. it's probably a better way to do it. Uh, but that's just like a, a, a quick and dirty way to to do it for me. And uh, yeah, I've, I I think that's just overlooked. It is, and that's why um, I love like the Rasball too, because Rudy's incorporating all that stuff. You know, like starters bullpens and it's just really cool but yeah i think that's a great way to look at it with the sierra i mean it's just looking at the bullpens and um that's why i mentioned like with the Pujols thing versus sammy long like you know he's gonna go an inning and the giants gonna just put you know they're gonna the teams will throw the righty out next just to force the team to make decisions early in the game you know am i getting this guy out of the game early you know like am i forcing them out am i forcing them to now put in their lefties you know so it's just a cat and mouse game so it's definitely something you know to be and obviously just pay attention to i just like to look at pinch hits right for a team you Mm -hmm. know you'll see san francisco up at the top and um even teams like tampa yeah right the worst yep they'll be up at the top with pinch hit at bat because they they play that game. They'll shuffle their guys in mid-game when pitching changes are made. So, um, so yeah, speaking of Tampa, um, last two weeks, they are sixth WRC plus versus all-handed pitching, 23 to 8 K to BB, 252 averages. Um, Yandy's leading off some games, batting 300. He's got two homers. Um, he's been one of my favorite DC. He was one of my favorite DC targets of the year, and it's just been – it's just a – you know, just great to put him at first and third. Now that he's even playing more than than usual. Um, and Margot also playing nine of his last 10 games after a stretch of five games where he only played twice. Um, and then Taylor Walls now with him and Choi out, he's playing every day, stealing some bags, gaining the third and short. Um, so we always have some stuff here going on. And then you got the two-game fringe play. I like to note that it's Kevin Kiermaier. You know, he he's... He's always sneaky there in those draft champions where you got, you know, you need an outfielder five and you throw him in there and he either steals you a bag or he goes yard. So these kind of guys that uh, I wanted to throw out here. You guys have any thoughts on um, Taylor Walls uh, going forward? You see anything him besides the speed? Yes, I love the fact that uh, he's such an elite defender. He's just going to steal away at bats. And I was reading this article before the show that, Wander's just obviously he's kind of if you have him you've noticed he's been day-to-day a lot with lower half issues yep and they kind of have some troubles like they kind of want to give him some breaks so I think Taylor Wall's being able to slide over to shortstop could maybe allow Wander to DH from time to time and he has that stolen base upside so I definitely love Walls he's owned in I think 98% of the teams on main event but for uh, other leagues if he's available in 15 I think he's kind of a must-add right now yeah, and if Choi is out a little longer, right? Yeah, and, and 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 the lower half issues stay around, then you also have Mr. Isaac Paredes taking over at third base, who might be yeah. a sneaky look as well. You know, they it's just like that was one of the trades too. I'm like, man, like Paredes, I still like his skill set. I mean, it's just like the Rays have this great approach of of just getting solid, uh, multi, you know, uh positional guys with just like you know great overall baseball skills you know it's just it's so amazing what they do i mean with the payroll that they have they're just i mean listen they make some kind of bad trades right i mean adamas is not looking great right now <laughs> True. joe ryan yeah. is, is looking like kind of a loss for them um you know so actually big loss 
Cronenworth uh, too. That was rough. Yeah, yeah. So listen, they they take risks and, and sometimes they lose, but I mean, overall, just the way they run that organization is just incredible. You know, Absolutely. the way they churn out arms and just the. I mean, they're, even their miners are, are pretty loaded too, right? Oh, I'm yeah. not, you know, so, uh, but I did want to know quickly, Manuel Margot, I think, you know, he's been playing more recently, nine out of the past 10 games. I think he's a guy to watch. I mean, he really, he's just a solid player, you know, he, he's gonna, he gives you speed. He's, he's not a zero in power. He makes good contact. Uh, so if he's going to get some more run and see more regular playing time, uh, he's obviously owned in, in any 15 teamer, but I'm sure in 12 teamers, he's, I, I know in the one 12 teamer I'm in my home league, he's floating around out there. So something, uh, a guy to consider, you know, especially if his role keeps expanding here. Um, and then one other guy I wanted to mention was, uh, Vidal Brujan. You know, we talked about Duran earlier as a guy to kind of keep an eye on. I know, you know, last year didn't look good. He came up for a game this year and then they send him back down. I mean, do we think that he's going to get an extended opportunity here? Like, you know, the Rays can just pull out a random trade at any point and maybe Kiermaier goes or one of these other guys goes. Do we see Bruhan coming up and taking an everyday role at some point? I think for that to happen, you're going to need to see multiple injuries. Um, they, they like Taylor Walls more, I think, for the defensive prowess and um, I don't know. I, I like Bruhan. Obviously, most people do, but he's just kind of overrated for fantasy because he's not really that great of a hitter. And okay. uh, they're not going to just gift away any playing time, obviously. So it's kind of where I'm at with him. Yeah, I would still think that Josh Lowe was going to get another shot, shot right? And yep. I don't know. I, I feel like Bruhan will just fall into the same kind of role as Taylor Wald will fall back into once – you know, Troy comes back and, you know, maybe he's not playing, you know, every day. Again, uh, you know, it's interesting, you know. Um, he actually played second today, Walls and and low sat. So, um, I guess it's silly to even ask if anybody's going to uh, get every day because it's really like there's so, so few players on the Rays that are getting everyday playing time. Um, yeah, and I was trying to think like like Lucas said, like I don't think he's that good of a hitter for no, him yeah. to, you know, like I know we laugh at like, you know, when when Brett Phillips gets in there, but I mean the dude can hit the ball, you know, he, he strikes I out him this year. <laughs> yeah, I know because it's so funny because you know, one of those like, why would you draft this guy when you could draft this guy? That was my Akil Badu and Brett Phillips. Right. I thought it was like, <laughs> hey, if you want 13 13, draft Brett Phillips that pick 600 because they had the same profile, like same strikeout profile, uh, same like hit, you know, hard hit profile. So I don't know. It's like, and I like Brett Phillips, like just a super awesome human being too. But, you know, I, I feel like, they probably think they'll get more from his bat, you know, than f from Bruhan. I don't know. I could be wrong with that. But. Defensively, Phillips is just premium out in the outfield. So yeah. that's just so big for them with a the team that puts four outfielders at times with their shifts. And I mean, they've kind of, I'm not saying that Bruhan won't have a good career, but uh, they haven't uh, paved a path for him to get an opportunity. And that's a little bit telling to me. Yes, absolutely. Definitely telling for sure. Um, yep. 
All right, let's see. Let's move. Let's hit the Cleveland Indians real quick. They'll be facing three really good righties, Gausman, Stripling, Manoa. Um, this is in Cleveland. What's going on with Framil? Is he a bench right now, especially versus these three righties? Torres, you sitting Framil? Um, I guess, you know, again, it's about the context, but against these matchups probably uh yeah. he's just not making enough contact and even when he is he's hitting the ball on the ground which uh obviously for him is not good so yeah he's he's probably a sit at this point lucas tell me a little bit about richie palacios is he a guy that we got to uh is it that or is it palacios uh, i think it's palacios and okay you know he's kind of like a Sawinski where I guess it's possible he could kind of like a Sawinski. I'm sorry. Yeah, to I'm you, not kind of like not, a Sawinski. Uh, doesn't sound like a good thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm not overly thrilled, but okay. I mean, you never know. Sometimes these guys just pop out of nowhere right. with Fran mill. I have to admit, I have him on quite a handful of teams just because I felt like he had 40 home run upside around pick 150, and I have benched him. It's just been, uh, he's just been lost. I think he can come out of it, but for now he's going to rest on the bench. Yeah, what? yeah, I mean, against Gaussman, I mean, Gaussman is just on another planet right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's like a guaranteed over four <laughs> if, if he even plays, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He, he is going to get outfield eligibility soon. So I want to throw that out there. So that's cool. Oh, is he? How many, yep. how, how many games has he played out there? Well, he has four, but they're giving okay. him opportunities from time that's to right. time. That's right. And what's his name? Josh Naylor seems to be a, a full go right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's been. He's been hitting the ball well. It's good to see him come back to after that pretty gruesome injury. So, um, you know, good for him to get back on the field and, and smash the ball. But yeah, they, you know, they got a lot of stuff going on in that team all the time. Um, let's hit up one last team facing three righties will be the Angels heading to Washington. I mean, you know, staying home versus Washington, facing Jonah Don, John Gray, Eric Fetty. Um, Angels are 14th and Major League Baseball against righties in the last two weeks. One or two WRC plus, 25 to 8K to walk. Um, Joe Dell goes down, and, of course, uh, Mayfield snags a couple games in left field, so they don't even go Marsh full-time yet. Um, Madding's still doing Madden things, right? I guess the position that's kind of keeping my eye out is that up the middle with three similarly profiled guys in Wade, Fletcher, and Velasquez just – contact speed only no power um how do you guys think shake that up the middle there you think fletcher gains some full-time playing time back is right right now he's pretty much alternating with um wade at second while velasquez has been pretty solid at short yeah i mean i think uh i i think eventually he's i mean he was an everyday player last year so um well, who knows? It's Joe Madden. So yep. <laughs> he's, uh, he's smarter than the rest of us, right? Um, at least he thinks he is. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the Angels are set up nicely this weekend. Uh, three righties. I'm loving Jer- Jared Walsh hit a home run today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's set up for a really big weekend. Hopefully we get Marsh in here for all three games. Hope so, man. Um, I hope so, too. Yep. Yeah, he's, I, I think he's a stud. Um I really yeah, do too. Fantasy because he's got that that power speed combo. So 
Um, if he gets an everyday opportunity, I think he's going to be extremely valuable. Uh, but yeah, this weekend against Adon, Fetty, and even, you know, I got a lot of Josiah Gray, but I'm, I, I benched him in a few spots because I'm not feeling great about that, about that start. Good point. Good point. What do you guys think about Adele? You think he comes back up relatively soon or does he have to tighten up the defense and the approach or one or the other or both? I think he needs to get his confidence back. He's had so many ups and downs. He just needs to see some success to kind of keep playing better. And at the big league level, he just is overmatched right now. So I think sending him down is a good call. Yeah. I think so. Let him clear his head, come back up, maybe yep. contribute a little bit because there's some, he made some awful outfield plays too. But um, all right, is anyone else? Um, do anyone else you guys want to throw out there um, for the uh, lineup tool before we give everyone a little taste of starting pitching for next week? Guys, good. We covered everybody. Good, yeah. Yep. Sweet. Alrighty, folks, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Pull Hitter Podcast. I hope this was helpful to you. Um, I know it was an abrupt ending, but we continued on with the pod to talk about starting pitchers for next weekend. So um, for Lucas Beery, you could find him at Lucas Beery, B-I-E-R-Y 33 on Twitter. And for Torres, you could find him on Twitter at Torres Takes, T-O-R-R-E-S Takes. Um, they are both excellent human beings and fantasy um, minds they're really solid in tune with the game um, on all levels prospects and major leagues so um, yeah interact with them if you want follow them on twitter if you're on the twitter machine but hope you enjoyed that and look forward to the next episode where we'll be talking about two start pitches for next week whether you should stream them whether they're startable and some two start pitches that you'll probably have rostered um, somewhere and um, whether or not you should be able to start them or not so hope you enjoyed it don't be a bag of shit later